0: journey with mpo podcast a sacred space for healing love and rediscovering your life purpose introducing your host mpo welcome to phoenix rising finding your life calling with me to and i am co-hosting
1: today with journey with mpo (laughs) (laughs) this is mpo good morning south africa hello international world depending on what your time zone is
0: (laughs) it is morning time no, it is nighttime for Mpo. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Working with the timelines is crazy. It is nighttime for Mpo. It is morning in Cape Town. So, Mpo, I'm going to start by introducing her again. But actually, about a year ago, Mpo and I did a podcast mm. episode together. So, she is not new on uh, Phoenix Rising and I'm not new on her side as well. But anyway, just for intro and for those who haven't met her yet, Paul is a south african podcaster who is currently based in hawaii in the usa she is a certified white light and corona reiki practitioner and utilizes the certification to embody spiritual alchemy in her work as a conscious content creator and carrier of ancestral wisdom i love it (laughs) ah love 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 (laughs) she considered her he considers herself a passionate mental health advocate. Hence the podcast show, Jenny with Mpo, is dedicated to inspiring people to embrace their authentic selves. And Mpo, you are such, I must commend you, you are such an advocate for mental health, and you really do carry the flag for it, which I believe I am too. But I mean, I've seen girl, you've dedicated a chunk of your podcast to just mental health issues anyway
1: thank you so much for the intro i feel like i should pay you to read my yeah. intros all the time like my bio <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> Yay. <Yeah. a> professional <laughs> um <laughs> thank you For the journey with Mpo family, you should probably remember Tola Beni from season two, episode five. We are still in season two. Tola Beni is a South African founder and host of the podcast show Phoenix Rising, Finding Your Life Calling with Tola Beni. This superwoman is also a life coach, motivational speaker, author, freelance blogger, and social media content creator. So excited to have you back So excited to be having this conversation And again, focusing on mental health
0: Yes, 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 yes I mean, like I'm saying It's two minds coming together Both of us, Mm -hmm. like advocates for mental health and I just feel that this is a conversation we should be having more often than what we are doing right now because people are not talking about this and I'm like what's going on because we are all affected in one way or another anyway yeah your thoughts
1: so We are at the two-year mark with the pandemic, and most of us didn't imagine that this insanity would last this long, nor affect our mental health in such devastating ways. In the past two years, what has your mental health journey been like?
0: Ah, you want me to start by crying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's appropriate. It's so appropriate. I wouldn't judge you. I would cry too.
0: (laughs) I didn't even bring a box of tissues, and this is such a heavy topic. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, it's it's been hectic. Hey, I mean, really, in all honesty, it has been hectic. The last two years have been wow. Um, and for me, for me, it's not. And I know most people are affected because of the pandemic, right? For me, it's not mm-hmm. even like, it's just the pandemic. I lost my job just before the pandemic, <laughs> my mm-hmm. regular job. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then as I was trying to build myself and saying, okay, where do I go from here? Like, let's build a mm-hmm. business. You know, I did my life coaching training. I got certified mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2020. And I was like, yes, I was ready to go and launch my business and And then the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic happened, uh, I've told the story in other platforms as well. Then nobody had money or even if people did have money, everyone was holding on to their resources. Right. Mm. But people didn't just have money to be spending on things like life coaching. Um, In Mm. many societies, life coaching is still seen as a luxury, something you do when you Mm. have extra money. Oh, let's get a life coach, (laughs) you know, because I have extra money to spend. But if you have to choose between buying groceries and making sure your kids go to school and all of those things, you don't really have money to be spending on life coaching. So then that's when I took another hit in terms of now being unable to launch my business, being, you know, struggling to get clients. But um, so, you know, dealing with that and then having to deal with the effects of the pandemic and now the whole world is thrown into this chaos of, you know, Mm -hmm. what is going on and lockdowns and uh, for the first time in our lives, I mean, all of us who are alive right now have never really experienced um, lockdowns and having to stay at home for a considerable amount of time. And, mm. you know, now a, a new reality of some people mm. live by themselves. So it's really being mm. isolated from the world. Um, and those who do live with someone, maybe it also got too much to be locked down with someone for an extended period of time. And that's when we started hearing about domestic violence rates going up as well, because people are locked down together. It's not fun anymore, (laughs) you know? Um, And uh, so it brought up all of these things that we had never ever thought of or, or anticipated. And so what I'm trying to say is like everybody else, I was also suffering like everybody else because I was Mm. at home for extended periods of time by myself. Sometimes I share custody of my girls with my ex. And so sometimes I have them and other Mm. times I don't have them. And having to mm. learn to, to be on my own for extended periods of time and mm. to speak to. <laughs> but the good thing about that is that um, then I started blogging. And then when mm. blogging wasn't enough for me anymore, then I started a podcast. So, you know, I, I'm Miss I'm Positive put positive mm. and then put my face next to it <laughs> in the dictionary. Because that's me. <laughs> yeah. so, so I will yeah. always find a silver lining. And for me, you know, mm. finding blogging and finding a podcast was the silver lining that I always go mm. back to and say, yes, we were devastated by the pandemic and we are still feeling the effects mm. of it. But look at what I was able to create with God. Obviously, I didn't mm. just create all these things by myself. So yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a long form, I know I've taken very long to answer your question and po, but what I was trying to say is I was affected just as much, if not more, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know by by the events of the last two years. And so periods of really feeling down in the dumps and like struggling Mm. struggling to get out of my pajamas (laughs) and I always say you know when you can't get out of your pajamas and you live in pajamas for two days straight you know that something is wrong (laughs) for me that's always the indication that okay this is yeah. The, it, the, yeah the bottom is and so I mean I laugh but I don't love laugh because <laughs> these things are funny but you know I try to find humor in everything mm. and um maybe you know people will say it's a yes. different mechanism but I find humor in in in, in most situations and yes. uh, yeah <laughs> did that answer your question
1: Oh no, that definitely more than answered my question. You touched on both personal aspects as well as the community impacts of the pandemic. Um, It's funny that you experienced this loss of your job and you were able to have relentless positivity and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a business. I know how to life coach. And then the pandemic happened. And in our country, South Africa, Not everyone can afford a luxury such as life coaching when they need groceries and they need basics yeah. so all of a sudden what you were assuming to be positive or this is the direction that I'm going to invest my energy in was something that you could not do so I can imagine yes. staying in pajamas for two days and like you know feeling very isolated not being able to have your kids as often as you wanted to and then for other people you realize that this person that you said I would be with forever and now you're locked up with them every single day and then yes. are they your forever person. <laughs>
0: Can I just tell a very quick um, story? When I got married, the the, the priest who married me was such a funny man. He, I mean, I'm sure in his other life, he was a comedian, but you know, maybe people won't get this. If I tell it in English, I'm gonna try. (laughs) It's funnier in Zoom. But really he, he, he was saying, <laughs> Oh, so you know, when you can't wait to get married and you like two love beds and you like you just cannot wait to get married and yes. live together. So he's he said to us, um, yeah, so so now here he is.
1: Here he is. <laughs> 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 You're gonna
0: wake up every morning and here he is, <laughs> and the next day, here he is. <laughs> I mean, and so you can imagine it, it was fun and games when you were dating and you were visiting and all of that. And now you stuck together. You literally like you turn around and here he is. You turn this way and here he is. So thank God for work, right? Because people, <laughs> you know, most most households, someone works outside the home and they go, you know, to the office and come. So that gives you a bit of a break, right? As a married couple. Mm. But um, now here comes the pandemic and it shows you both together for extended periods of time and you turn this way, here he is. You turn this way, here he is. I mean,
1: I totally can subscribe to that idea because though I love my husband I think everybody knows this by now yeah. I love him very much by day 20 of the pandemic I was like okay if here he is one more time <laughs> I think I'm going to be responsible for yes. I don't know if this is like my forever forever person because I'm someone who enjoys my own personal time I enjoy having hobbies outside of a romantic relationship that I'm in and so not being able due to the restrictions to go out in Hawaii they were like the parks are closed. And we were like, well, COVID outside, like at the parks, I can't go to the park and just take a walk. You can't go to the mall. And so you are literally in, fortunately, those who have very big homes, they locked in very quickly. So you could sit in bedroom number six and the other person could be in bedroom number one and you you don't hear each other. in another wing. (laughs) If you are blessed to have a house with wings. (laughs) But to be so intimately close by like day 20 was very frustrating and it works on your mental health. It works on your overall being. And, you know, sometimes we listen to our favorite podcasts on the drive ho- home, or th- we listen to the radio, or we listen to a song that we like, but now the commute to work and back is not there. So you're working in your home, you're living with, the- and it's, it, it feels claustrophobic. Like that in itself has so much potential to break your mental health. Like if oh, you're not absolutely. a person who's built to stay in the house, that's it. It's dangerous. Game- Absolutely.
0: It's got nothing to do with you not loving your partner. It doesn't mean you don't you love Mm. them yet. And I love my space as well. I mean, I'm glad you're saying that about yourself, that you also enjoy your own space outside of your husband. And I'm like that as well. I love my space. See, this thing really did a number on us both ways. Mm. Because even if you know, if you are the person who loves your space and now you're thrown into this with someone and you stuck with them it's like being stuck in a lift with someone which is my worst nightmare yeah. um or even if you didn't and you were a home body uh, uh, still being mm. forced to stay home there's something about being forced mm. to do something and it's no longer choice
1: <laughs> it's having your choices taken away that yes. starts to make you feel like you're losing control over your life it's yes. the loss of control Exactly, especially in the way people travel, in the way people express their freedoms. A lot of it has to do with the ability to go where you want to go whenever you want to go at whatever time. I remember speaking to my grandmother and she has early onset dementia and they were saying one of the things that's triggering is that they have curfews and they have patrols police officers and things patrolling at yeah. curfew. And to her, it felt like apartheid times. It was just it like, is. there's no difference between what she was experiencing and apartheid. And yeah. it was triggering so many negative memories for her that she was she was getting worse. Her yeah. condition was getting worse.
0: Oh my yeah. God, gosh. like everybody was yeah. affected in some way or another. And I used to love jogging at the beach. Yeah. I mean, I still do. Um, yeah. But to be told again, the beach was closed. I mean, really? <laughs> The beach is closed. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a funny meme where someone said, you know, when you were young and you wanted to go and play outside and your parents said, um, the outside is not going away. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> the outside did go away. <laughs> and
0: then the outside went away. Look, the outside is gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, if we're having too much fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, we're supposed to be discussing like serious, serious topic, but we're having way too much fun. But this is us showing that mental health no. is a choice, which is what I love. We are literally demonstrating mm. that mental health mm. is really in your control, and it's, 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 a choice. It's how you choose to view the situation, really. Anyways. Mm. so
1: um, and I think th- as South Africans, mm-hmm. we find the humor.
0: Oh, yeah. In everything. Yes, we have a song for everything. We, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So. You spoke about jogging on the beach and that being like your way to meet balance your mindset and bring in some wellness into your life Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you think you've cultivated as habits that have helped you with your mental health I know you do wonderful gym videos I saw your TikToks (laughs) and I was like I need to go to the gym I'm inspired by the work you're doing
0: (laughs) and lately I've been eating like crazy but anyway we're not talking about that yeah so for me I mean even so exercise has always been a thing for me, even like way before both my girls were born. I've always been, you know, I exercise. And there, there have been times, obviously, where I have fallen off the bandwagon. Gain weight, and then it brings you right back to, <laughs> you know, what works, which is exercise. Yeah. But I found that um, holding on to those um, habits really kept me going. So I never missed a beat when it, You know, came to exercise. I was exercising in my garage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was exercising in my bedroom. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I decided from the get go that I wasn't going to miss a bit. Um, And also, I suppose because I had already started on quite a strict routine and I didn't want to fall off. And and I realized that if I did, being stuck at home, I was going to start eating and then gain weight. And Mm. many people gained weight during the pandemic. You know, people call it the pandemic weight, whatever. But Mm. I was just trying to make sure that I don't fall into that trap. And Mm. so um, what I have found works for me even up until today, is to stick to a routine. So mm-hmm. of the, you know, healthy habits that I have cultivated over the years. So one of those is mm-hmm. exercise, right? Um, to make sure that I don't exercise every day. I'm not going to lie inside and say I exercise every day. And also I'm always preaching being kind to yourself. So I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like working yourself into a standstill. I'm talking about mm-hmm. maintaining a healthy exercise routine. So for me, it's every other day. Right, mm-hmm. and then I also, you know, started meditation as well, and um, I didn't even know how to meditate, you know, mm. and um, the good thing about the internet, the the world, what world wide web, <laughs> is that you can find anything these days on the internet. So, yeah. and also I have said to people, I'm the app queen. If there's an app, I've got it. <laughs> if there's an app for it. So I started meditation and because I didn't know how to meditate, I then got an app for it, right? Which is the inside timer. They don't pay me, but it's an amazing app. Uh, so I'm not like trying to promote it. I'm just saying, this is what I use. And it, yes. I mean, it will take you from like a beginner who has never <laughs> sat down and be quiet for two minutes to, you know, the best that you can do. Um, and then what else? Oh, and also... I have found, you know, when you're talking to yourself and you're going crazy, and then mm. you start talking to God. And so that has been one of the most amazing things that I have discovered during the last, I always knew God existed, but I can't remember who I was telling. I said, I was always happy to know that God is there. Like, it's nice to know you're there, mm. but um, mm. just just keep an eye on me. That's all I'm asking mm. for. I wasn't really very intimate with God. Mm. But now being stuck at home alone and going through stuff and all of that, I started being more intimate conversations Mm. every day, you know, and uh, reading my Bible. I've got it again, the Bible app. Mm. (laughs) So making sure that every day I spend intimate time with God. So those are the habits that I cultivated Mm. that have really kept me grounded and kept me healthy and kept me going and helped me to build the resilience. Mm. Um, Mm. I don't know what what are some of the things that you you've used or are still using Mm. keep yourself sane (laughs) (laughs)
1: you know like your exercise I feel mental health is a continuous commitment to the journey you know you can't do one little meditation, or one little breathing here, and then think, no, I'm set for the next month. It's something that you have to work for minute by minute, day by day. And some days I'm really, really good at it. And some days I'm struggling to get out of bed. I always had mental health challenges on and off. But I think the pandemic made them just a little bit worse. And then having a baby and learning about postpartum depression oh, made it, it turned it even oh, upside my. down <laughs> and your mother
0: being like thousands millions of kilometers away <laughs> cuz you need your you know, mom i can tell you now when you have a baby you need your mom
1: yes I have come to fully recognize that not only just being a thousand miles away but the U.S. restricting South Africans from traveling into the U.S. I had to give birth without my mother and I'm still kind of in the process of mothering without my mother. Mm -hmm. I have a FaceTime mom you know every question that you have you need to FaceTime and so to be honest I I wish I could offer something that I say, this is what I've done consistently. I've tried a variety of things. I've yeah. tried exercise. I've tried diet. I've tried sleeping on time, getting that seven to eight hours of sleep. I've tried slowing all the way down as in not putting too many things on my to-do list because mm-hmm. pre-baby Umpo was it's a, baby. a personality type A. <laughs> I had this and this and this and this and this and this and this, that I have to do today and, now, I'm like, if it doesn't get done, it, doesn't it wasn't done. as important. Yes. It's not necessary. I can slow down and I can hope that I'll have the time to do it in the future. But even if I don't have the time to do it in the future, to your point, you said, I am kind to myself. Yes. I'm learning to offer myself that kindness and say, it's OK. It's not done. It's probably never going to get done. Yay. And I'm not going to have a panic attack about it. And I'm just no going to die. relax. <laughs> yes, no one's going to die. But, but did you die? Did you of did you die?
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but I'm so sorry you had to have a baby without your mom because I... No, I needed my mom when I had one delay. If it's for your first mm. child, maybe second child, mm. it's like you've learned some things. I mean, mm. yeah. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. Mm. Oh, mm. child. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It's hard. I, I, I've been thinking more deeply about culture during this time you know from a traditional perspective there's so much that we do as Soto for our children wow. and not having the elders to show me the way like okay this is what you do to the child's umbilical cord this oh is what God. happens when the child is healing through this process i'm having to not only say my family's not here but also attempt to replicate some of those traditional practices abroad like in imbe- for instance but yes
0: how and then how do you get hold of imbe-
1: So, there's something in the US called sage. It's, I believe, dried leaves. And so I use sage instead. And when my mom came in 2020, she left a bag of Impep. So, I had a lot of it to begin with. So, I've been using like cute incense sticks and like, you know, trying to, as much as I can, bring a little bit of that culture with what I have here because I I realize that I'm not going to be able to do things exact for exact but I can try and see what part of this is important what do I want to teach my daughter that I think is really the essence of who I am and the practices of my people and where I come from and so that has been challenging and you wow. throw in work and you throw in a pandemic. And then we had COVID oh, in my. December, the healer family had COVID. And oh, I was my. like, okay. Oh my. <laughs> well,
0: That is why I never say, can it get any worse? Because I do not tempt <laughs> the universe. I never asked the universe, can it get any worse? Cause then it gets worse. <laughs> yes yes and all the stuff that you're talking about this is indigenous knowledge that you're not even Mm going to find on the internet right Mm -hmm. like Mm -mm. yeah you need to be amongst your people you need someone Mm -hmm. to hold your head and say this is how we talk to the ancestors this is why Mm -hmm. we win this and this is why Mm -hmm. I mean I feel even for my daughters now because obviously knowledge gets passed from generation to generation Mm -hmm. Um, Mm I I was lucky that I was raised by my grandma but then she passed when I just finished uh, varsity but the relationship with my mom is not the same. And, you know, I'm not learning as much from her as I learned from my grandma. Mm. I've lost some of the the knowledge. And and yeah. what do I have to share with my daughters? almost nothing. You know, <laughs> you know we, yeah. go, we go back to KZN when there's something happening and they see Goku burning is something and they're like, what, what, why is she doing this?
1: <laughs> yes, this is so weird. What's going on? I don't... <laughs>
0: But, but why is she slaughtering the chicken like this? This is And my, my daughter Ululu is vegetarian. <laughs> but why must this be done?
1: Is it necessary? Could we like get fake blood and use fake blood to the ancestors accept fake blood?
0: <laughs> they don't even call them the ancestors anymore. They call them the underground gang. I'm like, guys, like, come on now. Come on.
1: (laughs) I think that was the saddest part for me with COVID. You know, when they said the target group for COVID are elders, people, I think, I think it was like 65 and above. And I was like, no, not only is this thing isolating us and closing us off from the world, it's taking away that line of information. Because from our cultural perspective, we don't write those things down. You can't go on YouTube. That information is sacred information that's not online. And those who have been lucky enough to have their grandparents teach them and then have the technology to put it online, there's very limited information online that is specific to your culture. Like I'm having to rely on my aunts and uncles to see what do you guys know that I can put in digital form or in a format that my daughter can understand and I can teach her, even if she's vegan. You know, she can pick and choose, but she knows at least this is what my people do and this is where I come from. Such a, it it was so frustrating, and it still is. It's still so frustrating for me.
0: The amount of knowledge that is lost. I mean, you're talking about mm. that now. I was commissioned to write an article about. I'm not gonna say what it's the topic, but it's about mm-hmm. a certain aspect of. Um, uh, African culture and mm. I was struggling to find stuff on the internet as well but fortunately my landlady she's amazing when I told mm. her she said to me
1: look what I have About <laughs> mm. to the introduction to black people of South Africa
0: it, yeah it covers all the different cultures but I mean the book was written in oh. 1970 something so a bit outdated but it's yeah. information that i could not find online i was so excited i almost kissed yeah. it like, oh, she's got a book
1: yeah. <laughs> now i'm interested i'm like i want one too <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I don't even know where you find them you know but she had it in her archives so that's amazing but yeah I mean we're talking about how information is lost from one generation mm. to the next and even with the article I was writing I was phoning people and saying can you tell me what you know and people were like I don't know oh, maybe mm. let me ask mom oh mom says sometimes we do this sometimes we don't
1: anyway mm. Our parents, same thing goes for my mom, you know, she's like, yeah, well, those are all things like I don't know if they still hold the same value and importance. And I'm like, my grandmother, when she explained this, said, this is what we do. This is what must be done. She relate that information in the sense of essence and importance. So when you say, I don't know if it matters, do it or don't do it. I'm confused. (laughs) Do I do it? Do I not do it? Are you not? Do you not know? (laughs) So. You and I speak so freely about our mental health and we can have an honest back and forth, even with our podcasting journey, we've been so honest, but when we were preparing for this episode, we spoke about how, our Black African brothers, specifically South African brothers seem to struggle. It's not as easy to have these mental health challenge conversations with them to say, what's going on? How can we help? How can we hold space for you here? What has your experience been in that aspect of mental health for Black South African brothers?
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, Again, this is a topic that needs so much attention. Um, mm. We, you know, without quoting specific examples, we see what's mm. going on around us, right? Um, the 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 number of suicides is going up. Uh, mm. Depression is huge. But mm. this is the thing, though. Um, and 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 I haven't conducted research in this area, so I'm talking just mm. as an individual. I, you know. Um, mm there is so much that is unspoken about. Um, and and I, for me, the way I look at it is because black men, especially African, what's the label, South African <laughs> men, mm-hmm. um, there's that whole stigma around mental health. First of all, mm-hmm. coming from the fact that men are taught from an early age that boys don't cry, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to. Mm. Um, and then I was reading another article um, and it was also t- touching on depression in men and all of that. And mm. they were talking about the fact that something that I never even thought about, that even the word depression does not exist in, in the Zulu language. Or, or I don't know about mm. your language. I mean, I don't know other African languages. But how do you even begin to say what's troubling you or to to to, to realize when it's depression when we don't even have words for it Mm. Um, so so then you know people don't talk about it men suffer in silence in their own Mm. corners when I used to work in um HIV prevention we know for a fact that men never came forward not never but hardly came forward to Mm. seek um help You know, and and if they, it's such a struggle for men to seek help for things that are now as common as HIV and other STIs, how Mm. much more for something that is still so stigmatized, um, Mm. like depression, how do you even, what do you say? What what am Mm. I suffering from? Mm. Mm. You know, without looking like a weakling, a a, a man who's not a man. Yes,
1: yes.
0: So, so for me, that's been my observation is that there's a whole lot of there's a whole bunch of men out there who are suffering in silence and they don't have the space, the safe space to talk about mm. these things and say, yeah, you know, I'm also suffering. Are you? And then add the pressure that men have to perform, they have to mm. look like they are on top of things. They have to be, most of them have to be breadwinners. So they still have to bring in the bread and the bacon. Mm. But no one is checking. Are you okay, though? Mm. Mm. You know, um, and and some of this is stuff that I get from just casual conversations. When I have nephews and I have friends who have, you know, men in in that age group, you know, sixteen to yeah. eighteen, whatever. And so you get, you know, just anecdotal stuff from different yeah. people. It's not really. Stuff that has been researched and these are the statistics, but we know for a fact that depression has yeah. shot up since the beginning of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I feel so saddened in the sense that, you know, you and I can only speak about this from the perspective of an observer. We see yeah. the men in our lives or in the communities struggling and we speak on it, but can you imagine feeling like nobody is going to listen And if somebody does listen, they're going to question your manhood and target it. Like, yeah, but why can't you provide? Why don't you have a job? Yeah. A man this and this. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's even when you've developed the courage, I think, to speak up, the people receiving your it must have taken months it must have taken years for you to finally get to this point to say yeah i'm struggling and i'm going to tell people that i'm struggling and then you meet people who are just not open or just not ready yeah. or oh, to- i'm going to ridicule
0: you i mean uh, uh, um Paul, let's use a very an example that we we, we know about when a man is raped yeah. and yes. they go to the police station to report oh they God. are laughed at like how do you rape yeah. a man kikiki ki, ki. Mm. So it's not giving them space, a safe space Mm. to say, this is what I'm suffering. Or if a man is a a victim of domestic violence, they get beat up by their partner all the time. They can't step forward and come to the police station and say, my partner is abusing Mm. me physically, you know, and this this is something that they might even have physical evidence of. So Mm. can you imagine if they're struggling in that regard to be taken Mm. seriously? How much more when they need to say, hey, I'm not coping. I'm really, really not coping. And so what do people do? They take their own lives or they become, they lash out at those who are closest to them. You know, they become violent and do all sorts of crazy things because that's the only outlet that they have. I feel for men. I really, God, I just want to go around and hug every man. (laughs) Because honestly, they need need it.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, that's the mothering, nurturing woman side of us that wants to go in and say, I don't want you to experience that much pain. There is love here. You are welcome to be whoever and to express the hurt that you've been through. And I will not ridicule you if you do that. And so here we are trying to navigate this very fine line of creating safe spaces for our Black brothers to, and we say Black not to exclude any other race, but this is, it's, it's home for us. It's conversation from where we come from and what we've seen firsthand and South Africa having majority of a Black population. So don't take this as an exclusion, but how do we? Sorry, and I
0: also just in on that particular point. Um, yes. statistics also show that um, black men are more affected than white men. Again, we are not saying that it's yeah. not important. We are just saying yeah. this is really, really something that needs. In focus and and, and statistics yes. yes. show that black men are more affected in the U.S. I saw
1: yes 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 so yeah. how do we bring them in without feeling like we have to mother them because I I don't know about you Stella but with every relationship that I've been in and I'd seen a man struggling I ended up playing the mother role even when there were issues that were romantically romantic based issues I would say well I know he's struggling with this well I know he has depression I know he is feeling like his family isn't taking his mental health seriously I'm the one who sees him for who he is and so you make up these and that's why I feel like in order to deal with gender-based violence in South Africa you have to tackle this aspect of mental health in men because those two are very much so correlated we are we think we are their healers, or we've convinced ourselves, or they've let us believe, or they've said, There's no one else who understands me the way you do. There's no one else who listens to me the way you do. One of my exes, it was so bad. And now, this is after I've journeyed through my own mental health and spoken to a number of people on my podcast with it but one of my former exes his mom would call me and say he's not doing well today he like smashed all the windows in my car or today he tried to jump off the balcony and we had to call the police and so at that time I didn't recognize that whoa this is something that I could probably encourage him to go to therapy for or work just on not being the main source of his shelter in his corner because that can weigh on you. We stay oh. in those relationships for oh, so long that when you try and be a
0: dependent relationship,
1: yes, yes. And when you try and leave, Le Lomont is like, No, you have to die because I physically cannot. You've taught me that you would be a safe space for me, and I don't know anything else outside of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and how do you then um, untangle yourself? from that mm. it is very hard you i mean you're so right because we are nurturing by nature <laughs> mm. so that our first that's our first instinct is to oh let me mother you let me mm. you know um but i suppose we also have to learn to not be so mothering but maybe mm. be more factual these are the facts i'm going to give them to you whether you mm. accept them or not If you need help, you have to get professional help. Mm. You can talk to me and I will not judge you, but I will not do stuff for you. So I'm not going to Mm. be an enabler, right? Mm. Because I think that's the trap we may fall into is that we then become Mm. the enabler. And so then, you know, they they get the energy from us Mm. or they need us for the energy and like you said so then it's an ongoing um cycle which you also now can't get yourself out of you're married to someone else now but you're still helping that person because you're the mm. only safe space they recognize you Tola understands me you know but now Tola is married to somebody else and now you don't want that keeping into that relationship I so I think for us women too, we need to realize that I don't always have to be mothering. I should just be able mm-hmm. to give. I think for me, it has helped um, that I have a psychology training and that I you know, mm-hmm. am into life coaching because it's come with years, obviously. I wasn't always mm-hmm. like that. But now I'm able to sit with someone and just listen and I used to be the kind of person who I was telling a friend I didn't go into counseling psychology because I was worried that when people tell me their problems I automatically own them it becomes my problem Mm. oh poor child is not sleeping so now I'm not sleeping because poor daughter is not sleeping now it's my problem or poor daughter is not you know drinking her milk or whatever I then I own it so anybody who comes to me with a problem, it becomes mine, it keeps me awake mm. at night. And so I saw that in myself many years ago, When I reached a point where now I can listen with a straight face and give it to you, whatever I think, mm. and use it, don't use it. But I'm going mm. to sleep at night and I'm not going to own it. Mm. So, you know, again, I'm saying it's not something that you just become, it's something you acquire over the years. Especially once you've had too many um, of those um, stories. And mm-hmm. but also there is another thing that maybe we are not talking about is the absence of fathers in the African family has, I also, you know, think has also played a huge role, a huge role, which we are not even tapping into, because mm-hmm. these these um, boys and these men are being raised mm-hmm. by their mothers. And so what do mm-hmm. mothers do? they nurture them oh oh please let him sleep he's tired (laughs) you know i'm not saying that in a mean way but i'm saying then they become spoiled because everyone is catering to their needs and then one day you know i always say to my kids sometimes i have to say no not because i cannot but because i'm teaching you that the world is going to say no at some point build that muscle So when you are raised the way everything is oh let him have it oh no he's Mm. a boy let him go out and come back as late as he Mm. likes but you can't because you're a girl because this is mothers overcompensating for the fact that there are no fathers in these families and Mm. so then there's something there that's not working which if we if these men were raised by men maybe we'll be Mm. seeing a different breed of men I, Mm. I hope I hope it sounds the way it sounds in my head. I don't know now. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. It's so hard. You, you, you know, some things need to be said. And in today's society, we're looking at being appropriate. Like, are we including yes. everyone? Are we, we, we not offending everyone? Totally and it can, yes, it can be stressful to think in those terms, but it is the reality. I was thinking about it just before we started recording and I, I was preparing for our session. And I thought, you know, we always talk about. Girls with daddy issues, Mm -hmm. but what about the boys who were raised just by mothers? Are we considering that they could be potentially a great mental health impact on those boys? Do we know it? And now, just listening to you talk and say, Let him sleep, or No, he's a boy, he can go out until late. I now recognize not only is it the fathers who are not physically in the house, but the father can physically be in the house, but if he's mentally checked out maybe there's issues of yeah. infidelity and he's not a present father which was the case in my ex like as you were talking I'm like oh wow my ex's mom was like you know no he's like this no this is what and so almost like babied and mothered him and wanted to train me to do the same thing yeah. and he had a very bad relationship with his father a lot of our our discussions based on around his mental health was when I was a child my father did this or wouldn't let me do this or my father loves my sister more and so I'm like trying to help him heal and reflect on those issues as an adult male child now and say you're no longer that five-year-old or that you know 14-year-old who wanted to pursue a career in soccer and your father said no that's not good enough you have to go be a lawyer or you have to go be a banker or something you are now an adult that is living your life, and you can forgive your father because at the time he only saw what he saw and made what he thought were the best decisions for you. I
0: mean, this this is a topic on itself, right? Like it boys with um daddy issues. I mm-hmm. mean like no one is talking about that.
1: No, everybody wants to talk about women who are yeah. dating older men or have issues or relationships relationship issues with the men that they're dating yes. because maybe the father wasn't present but yeah. what about
0: abandonment issues yeah sure but what about the what about boys who have abandonment issues how is it affecting them mentally what is it I'm doing so to them
1: I'm so interested in the data. I'm so interested in seeing the data for single mothers who've raised age groups at 16 to 30, seeing this this depression, suicide, mental health rate challenges within that space. Maybe there's something to be found. And who knows, maybe someone might be doing the research. It wouldn't hurt for us to go into Google and say, okay, what has been found? What has been found within this realm of discussion
0: yeah and i did raise this when we were having a talk about gender-based violence because i was saying but
1: no we're not talking
0: about how these men mm. were raised you know by their mothers who mm. are babying them and saying oh you can have that you can have that mm. you know they then they learn that no is not a word no mm nobody says no to you because you're a boy Mm. and so Mm. then one time they meet again who doesn't want to sleep with them and they lose it Mm. because they've never heard the word no they've been told they can have everything they want so Mm. (laughs) i don't know yeah we
1: should call south african men with whatever age group they're in into a podcast conversation we should host a a panel and say yes and, and raise some of these things yes raise some yeah. of these things and learn i'm very interested in learning because now as a mother to a, a daughter trying to put in efficient work to make sure that she is right a solid member of society i want to know what my fellow friends who are raising sons are oh, doing yes. what's what, what's different here how how do so, we do this differently
0: I love that because um, just in relation to that, I said to a friend of mine not so long ago, um, she was talking about the fact that her son, um, I hope she's not gonna kill me. I'm not saying what her name is anyway. Her son cannot fry an egg. Her son cannot do this. Her son cannot do this. And her son is 21. And I said, so what's gonna happen when he leaves home? Like when he needs to be on his own Oh, he's not gonna be on his own. He's got a plan. He's gonna get married. And then boomstarter oh, <laughs> 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 i'm not raising mine <laughs> for that situation i can tell you that
1: exactly exactly it's it and it's it's the blatant truth you know no, we're absolutely. not doing the work so that our no. daughters can get into the mothering nurturing situation and be for- a maid.
0: No, I'm not raising my daughters to be anybody's maid. I'm sorry, Mm. but I'm not raising my daughters for that role in life.
1: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
0: those daughters. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yes, we're raising our daughters to be, you know, this thing, yeah, you find 50% of a person and you add your 50 and you have 100. We're raising our daughters to be 100% of a person so that they can meet 100% of a person and they can build something solid and they can change and break generational patterns and traumas and financial situations. We're, we're not stopping.
0: 100%. I'm getting shivers. I mean, you're speaking the truth. That That's what yes. we're doing
1: we're it's, not stopping to mother other people's sons no if you're not ready for that then go back home let your mother do the work that she was supposed to do I'm sorry to say but do no, the work that, that she was supposed special. to that's do that's the thing yeah I'm
0: apologizing for saying the truth yeah. <laughs> I you know yeah. I think that's <laughs> case. We, ladies we are <laughs> not rehabilitation centers for badly raised Thank men
1: you. yeah <laughs> I'm I'm all for that. Definitely <laughs> all for that.
0: Now i starting to look like we're dressing men, but we really are not. We're trying to build you guys. We are building yeah. love men. Men are my favorite. <laughs> we did say we want to hug them, you know, so them. we do love them. No, we want what's best. We want to see a different caliber of men. Mm. We are breaking generational curses here. Mm. Not repeating the same mistakes of the old, you know, we're not. Mm. So if it takes some straight talk, if it takes some, you know, Mm -hmm. we we are going to dish it um, as we see it, unfortunately. So I I guess part of manning up is like learn to take the truth too and not feel at it. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And we're opening up the platform. Like I said, we are willing to have this open discussion panel Tola has her email address in her episode notes. I have my email address. If you and your guy friends want to reach out to us and talk about this and you know open up the discussion even deeper, hey, we are here. We are open. I would to love learning, to be. Man. because we want what's best. We're building generations. We are to come. building so-
0: nation. That's what we yes. are doing. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, yes,
0: uh, yes, i can think of a few men i'd love to invite um to this mm. conversation and honestly if there are men out there like you're saying oh, who would love to come and present their site because maybe you know men haven't been given the platform to present mm. it that's what we are looking for this is part mm. of nation building
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should bring this to
0: a close, but this is a never-ending topic and I think we should keep it going. Even if we do it every six months, honestly, I'm happy to have these discussions ongoing.
1: Yes, yes. I'm feeling inspired to bring men into the conversation. So I think in our next discussion, I will invite a few people who are interested because again, there's the, I don't want people to know, you know, there's the stigmas and the shame and being ridiculed. So I have to find people who agree and commit and are willing to be vulnerable on the mic because these podcasts, they stay online, you know, someone can search your name and pop up with the same information. So other people are not comfortable with that, which I'm fully respectful of. I understand that completely, but let's continue the conversation for sure. Let's let's close with something much lighter, something that we are both very experienced in now and something that you have been extremely successful in. I'm looking at you right now. You have your lipstick, you have your makeup, you have your game on the top. You've mastered virtual podcasting. You're like, listen, I'm here and I'm going to rock the world and I'm going to be perfect at it podcasting (laughs) we don't get paid like we don't get paid
0: we don't get this I do this because I love it no seriously like I love doing this this is my passion you know when what do they say when passion meets preparation I (laughs) I'm in my element (laughs) so yes Podcasting has been a journey, but it's been such a fulfilling, and I'm sure for you too, Mpo, um, it's been such a fulfilling um, journey for me. I would not, I don't see, like now I'm busy with other things. Uh, to be honest, I've got other side projects that I'm like giving so much of my time. But mm. I still like I need to get a podcast in the. I need to get a podcast episode in there because it doesn't feel like work. Mm. This is not work because you are saying we don't get paid for this. This is something we mm. do because it's passion, mm. because you feel like you're making a difference. Even mm. if only one person learns something from this, it's still it's still a difference, mm. right, that you have made. So mm. I, I've met So many people uh, and made friends. And I'm talking about friends outside of just the podcast Mm. episode. People that I still talk to today, whose phone numbers Mm. I have, they have my phone number and we check in on each Mm. other. People from like Mm. the other side of the world. And so Mm. that's why I say for me, it's been such a fulfilling um, journey. Mm. And um, to be honest, I did get sponsorship at some point, which was really, really Mm. nice um Mm -hmm. and uh you know that that was nice it came out of doing something that I love and Mm -hmm. you know someone saw it loved it decided to give me a bit of money to sponsor it
1: but Mm -hmm.
0: um so those are all the good things that have come out of my podcasting journey Mm -hmm. challenges challenges uh for me it's been I suppose because podcasting wasn't such a big thing in South Africa. I see now there are podcasts that are popping up, but they're mostly yeah. in the entertainment industry, you know, the gossip who's doing what, who's sleeping with who. <laughs> it's yeah, I you <laughs> <Myself> with. <laughs> so I don't yeah, I don't identify, but um, yes. you know, the, the challenges are to to get people to I suppose support your dream and buy into it Mm. so I guess it takes a Mm. certain type of person to want to listen to a podcast on mental health when they'd rather listen on a podcast about Mm. who's sleeping with who so that's what we are Mm. (laughs) that's what we are in competition competing
1: with with. yeah
0: what about you on your end what are some of the highs
1: successes oh my goodness I like yourself you know The opportunity to sit down like this and really listen to people and learn where they come from, share stories and laugh is therapeutic, I think. I truly believe my podcasting journey brought me out of postpartum depression because I Uh had birth and I had a hard time coming up. And I would see your stories on WhatsApp and you're like going and you're talking. I'm like, no, I need to get back to this because this is what gives me life. This is what makes me happy. And so gradually I started to make steps with coming back into it. And I came back with what I knew best, my mental health. I was like, guys, I'm here, but I'm so struggling mentally like I don't know if I can commit to an episode every other Sunday we're gonna try and if I don't publish anything don't kill me because Yay. like it's been lit in my world I feel oh like my, my world is on fire right God. now but I like I so love podcasting. and so
0: I'm so proud of you uh, I'm so proud you you <laughs> inspire me you think I inspire you but it works both ways (laughs) it really does like you inspire me you are a young mom you know raising a baby your first baby and you're still getting up and doing this again doing what you love right because then it doesn't feel like work and um it's helping someone out there someone who's going to listen to this and hear you saying that there are days when Mm. you are really struggling but you still get up and do and put out an episode that person is going to be like wow Mm. I'm I'm so proud of you honestly you're my Mm. little sister so
1: You're going to make me cry because my good. I, I think only other podcasters can truly understand the work that goes into yeah. creating, scheduling guests, oh putting that God. content out there, advertising it and trying to get people to listen and then also like battling a mental health challenge. So oh I feel God. really seen by your words of kindness and oh recognition God. and t- Truly inspired by the work that you are doing because I promise you, Sister. I remember. I don't remember who you were interviewing or what was the conversation, but I saw the joy in your face and I loved the conversation. And I was like, "Hello, uh yes, you're a mom, but you love podcasting." Remember, hello, hello, you're a podcaster. Earth calling, ding, to ding, ding, are you there? Ding, <laughs> ding, 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 are you there? And then finally, I was like, "Okay, okay, 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 okay." And then my voice, because in pregnancy your voice changes. Like so oh, you yeah, the mic, and, and I'm like, "Oh, the what hell? <laughs>
0: People used to say to me, but why are you also afraid when, especially when I was talking to them on the phone, when I was pregnant and I'd be so offended. I'm not out of breath.
1: (laughs) I think, you know, we're almost to the end of our conversation. The challenges have, they have not been worthy of mentioning. I think there's been so much goodness. The only thing that I could say was a challenge is I'm still trying to figure out how to do this as a full-time thing. I'm still trying to figure out how to have this much joy and get paid for it <laughs> right
0: right 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 and I guess that comes with building an audience honestly yes. and and also yes. don't um undermine the value of letting on to other podcasters again I always say this about podcasting is mm. that it's what I love most about it is that it is not um competitive it's collaborative mm. and so many people want to help you out the podcasters want other podcasters to win Mm. we all want each other to win we all want to be on your podcast we all want you to be on our podcast Mm. and and you can learn so much Um, so you will get there you'll get to a point where you get paid for it (laughs) i'm
1: hopeful i'm excited (laughs) I always close up my episodes with final words from the heart, things that you think might inspire anyone who listens to this and gets them going. Like if they are still struggling to recover from the pandemic, um, if they're still trying to figure out their way, how do we reach those people? How How do we inspire them and touch them through our words in this virtual space and in this crazy world?
0: Mm. yeah that's that's never an easy one but for me it's always about finding something to live for whatever that is for you i don't know what it is for you maybe it's your daughter for me it's my daughter for sure You know, but mm. the, for each and every one of us, there is something. And I find that that's the thing that keeps you going, uh, you know, when times are really, really hard, is to have that one light that keeps you going, something that mm. you want to live for. Maybe it's your small project, your podcast. Maybe it's the book that you are writing. uh Whatever. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your... I don't know what it is for you, but when you find something to live for, um, to, to pour yourself into, I think that really helps. And also remember what I have said three times already now, is that when you find something that you love, you never have to work it in your life because it doesn't feel like work. And I know it doesn't pay the bills, but it keeps you going. Like I mean, you made such a beautiful example of when you were feeling as your lowest, and then you saw my podcast and you were like, I need to get up and go. Because that was the light. Yeah. I can't remember what Tyler Perry calls it. Tyler yeah. Perry has a word for it. That light mm-hmm. that, that that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that uh, yeah, for me, that that's what I have to share this morning. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what about... I you? absolutely love it. I I love your energy. I, I love it, Sistola. There's something that you said you said you just asked what about me um there's something that you said earlier in the podcast and I think that we are the hardest on ourselves you said I am practicing or always know to practice kindness towards myself And that's, that's all I would say are like the closing words from my heart. Just be kind. Like we've been through so much. We are about to, as a global community, go through inflation everywhere. People are like petrol prices, gas prices, food prices. Just, just be kind to yourself. Just be so kind. Be so self-aware. Give yourself love speak to yourself in the same way that you'd speak to the people that you love your friends and your family when they're going through a hard time give turn that mirror inward and pour into yourself oh, just yeah. be so insanely kind to yourself is all it's I, not
0: selfish it's not yeah. selfish being you know pouring into yourself and yeah. and This again gets said many times that you can't, uh, you know, like in the plane when they say put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on, on someone else. That is pouring into yourself. And um, in fact, I want to to, to end off or, or to emphasize what you just say, what you just said, by um, sharing this. something I said to my uh, landlady the other day. Uh, I was feeling so um, drained that day. I was struggling. Poor, I, I was struggling just to get up and sit at my desk and do a bit of work. And I had a huge deadline. But each time I got up to sit at my desk, I will t- type maybe a paragraph. And I'd be like, I'm going to do this. Then I will go back to my bed and lie down <laughs> for an hour. And then I would get up and write a paragraph. And then go back to lie down. So I said to her, I said, I feel like an electronic t- toothbrush. She says, why? <laughs> like, an electronic toothbrush does five minutes of solid work. And then <laughs> it stays in the charger the whole day. <laughs>
1: That's a good analogy. I like that. That's (laughs) so good. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. That's being kind to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks different for all of us. We know what gives us love. We know how we want to be loved. And let's do that for ourselves. Let's really do that for ourselves. Every single moment, every single day, let's just zone in and say how can I take care of myself so yeah. that there's one less person in the world to worry about because if you take care of you and the next person does the same thing we can start to create a global community of people who are really changing yeah. their mental health their mindset wellness and we can increase the vibration of oh, the planet yeah. oh, in much faster ways than if I come to Sistola's house and I say let me help you while I'm still struggling yes. and while I'm still empty you yeah.
0: just to start inside first the change must yeah. happen here before it happens mm. outside in the world
1: mm. thank you so much Sistola I appreciate you thank you for oh, always no. getting me going no. and no. opening up so easily
0: mutual <laughs> thank you thank you God bless you, I love you so much Sis. <sighs>
1: okay I love you guys. I am going to sign out. Maholokwe, kiautaba, ribuile, aloha. Well, before you go, I wanted to thank you for taking the first step in supporting my journey by listening to this episode. The second big step would be exploring the various ways you can become an official supporter of my journey by signing up for our Patreon offerings. We offer some great benefits such as one-to-one phone calls and distance Reiki sessions with me. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash journey with The link is in the episode notes. If you loved what you heard, then subscribe to the show and continue to share episodes that resonate with friends and family. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a few minutes to rate and review us so we can continue to get our content to the people who need it the most. We are serious about getting your feedback, so if you'd like to take the rating and review a step further, check out our feedback survey link in the episode notes. Your feedback will help us to continue offering content that matters to you and is worth your time. Finally, in this day and age, it apparently matters how many followers you have on social media. So go ahead and find us on Instagram at journeywithmpo and we promise to make it worth your while by sharing heart-centered, conscious content. Thank you for your continued support. I cannot wait to spend time with you again in the next episode.